Hello and welcome to Little Love Hearts podcast. May is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month and from the 3rd to the 9th of May it is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. Throughout May I'm going to be dedicating the podcast to maternal mental health. I'm going to be joined by some amazing women who are going to share their stories and struggles with you. Some of which are still in the thick of it, others have come through the other side All of these women want to share their story so that you will know that you are not alone. Joined by Lily today and Lily is from Over the Rainbow Play and Support Group and Lily is coming to talk to us um, today given that it's um, the start of Mental Health um, Awareness Week um, and Mental Health Uh, maternal mental health awareness week and the importance of support for mothers of young children um so lily i wondered if you could maybe start by giving a little introduction to yourself um maybe your your story um and how you sort of got here today really um yeah so i've worked in early years since i was 18 so i've always been around children things like that and had a perception of what motherhood would be like and you know i thought i'd be that glamorous mom have it all together (laughs) and things like that but then my daughter's 18 months now so I had my daughter a year and a half ago and I think for me anxiety sort of took place when I was pregnant always worried Mm -hmm. and then when I had her it just sort of got to another level and then I thought right I've always worked with children now let's you know use my experience to try and support other mothers that might Mm -hmm. feel similar to me yeah so in lockdown I had an idea to start a play group and we were blocked at every turn because of you know restrictions and everything like that so we've only actually been running now officially this week will be our fourth week but we've had a Facebook group going since the middle of lockdown which has been really mothers from my area chatting to Mm -hmm. each other you know do you want to go out for a walk and things like that so just trying to build a community really that I needed as well as other mothers needed yeah and so that's that's where I am and that's what's brought me on the journey of motherhood as yeah. Well. yeah and where whereabouts are you based so I'm in Huddersfield Huddersfield oh mm-hmm. lovely that's great so anyone that's listening in your area can um come and find you on Facebook and then meet up with other mummies for like a buggy walk and talk or... yeah definitely everyone we're open to you know mums, dads we have grandmas that look after young children mm-hmm. we really want to support because having a young child in your family is hard work for mum and dad and and anyone that might look after that young child because it is you just you just want to give that child and those children every everything don't you so it can be Definitely. it can be a strain on everyone so we're there to support anyone who needs us that sounds wonderful that sounds so amazing and the fact that you've done it off your your own back and obviously through lockdown which was hard for everyone hard for individuals and families but then to be supporting other people through that time and um, did you find that it kind of gave you almost like a, a reason to you know a motivation to do stuff yeah definitely and it make it makes you think as well if I'm feeling like this how many other people are feeling like that so it's sort of and it sort of opened me up to a world that I didn't know I didn't know that postnatal anxiety was even a thing even when I was going through it at the beginning I didn't know it was a thing so I have sort of opened up to the world and think there's so much goes on that we, we're not aware of mm. that people need help with. Definitely. So did yourself, um, did you get diagnosed with postnatal anxiety? Yes. Yeah, so I went to, um, it was a friend who spotted sort of signs in me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, what what is this? And you get worried, don't you? Especially yeah. as a new mother. Um, so then it was the doctor that 
that did think that that's what it was and it can be a bit of a shock really you mm. can sort of think what, what me <laughs> exactly but, yeah um, and I, I don't know about you but when I was diagnosed with postnatal anxiety I didn't know it was a thing yeah mm-hmm. like what you hear of postnatal depression but what's postnatal anxiety and exactly. that could be every every new mother has a level of anxiety because you've got this tiny new baby to look after exactly and I think that's the thing you you hear so much about postnatal anxiety uh, postnatal depression mm-hmm. rightly so because obviously for many years it was um, misdiagnosed or it, it went under the radar people didn't feel comfortable talking about it but now I found having gone through it myself that I almost feel like postnatal anxiety is the same thing it's yeah it's it's people need we need to bring awareness to it so that's mm-hmm. why I'm so grateful for you to coming coming on here today to to chat with me and to share your story with um other parents mm-hmm. um so for you how did postnatal anxiety manifest itself um I think in the early days it was like like every new mother I suppose I, I couldn't I couldn't settle I had to watch my daughter all the time I mean mm-hmm. even now because we co-sleep I still sometimes put my hand on her to <laughs> she's breathing <laughs> I mean yeah. she snores so loudly so I can tell she's breathing but always, it, it's just I think it's when it's ingrained in your actions that you don't even think about mm-hmm. that's how that's how it manifests in me just without thinking I'll put my hand on her to check she's breathing yeah or, do you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's just sort of now ingrained in my everyday life really um but then in the early days I think people were like oh you it's just you're just getting used to this tiny little baby you're just getting Mm -hmm. used to it so I think as well for me I had to recognize it in myself to realize that's what it was yeah that makes sense did you ever suffer from anything like any intrusive thoughts yeah so I would be like my partner laughs at me but I could be just walking down the road and I could panic that my daughter's going to fall out the pram Mm -hmm. and into the road or or even things like am I doing things right like Mm -hmm. I remember once um I'd washed her hair and that the water was just a little bit too warm and I'm like my goodness I'm I'm abusing my own child (laughs) my head's burned (laughs) and then I'm questioning my ability to mother because the water Mm -hmm. was a little bit too warm when in fact Mm -hmm. it was absolutely fine and yeah do you know what I mean so I do I do and that's the thing with intrusive thoughts it sort of you you makes you question yourself completely you sort of like have this thought and then you think why have I had this thought that must mean that I'm you know a bad mother why did I think these things but it's you know when you put it all together like sleep deprivation hormones um you know if you're um you know breastfeeding or bottle feeding however you're feeding you're still up in the night with them you've got to you know it just takes its toll doesn't it and even any anyone who isn't actually suffering with um, postnatal anxiety they're going to have that degree of you know uh, not necessarily intrusive thoughts but um uncomfortable thoughts because like when you when you're tired you question yourself all the time don't you yeah yeah yeah. and then I get into the cycle of why have you got these stupid thoughts just enjoy the time with her just do you know what I mean and then I get annoyed at myself because I feel like I'm wasting my time by thinking these intrusive thoughts but I'm actually that's the whole part of it I'm not really controlling those thoughts I can control what I do with them once I've thought them but Mm -hmm. I can't actually control them coming into my head because if I could (laughs) they wouldn't be there so exactly exactly and and for um your anxiety um did you um get any therapy of any sort or so i used to go and see um uh i think it's called is it cognitive cognitive behavior therapy yeah, I did, yeah. and that in pregnancy that really did help me but mm-hmm. then i think as i have had my daughter i've almost been a little bit nervous just to sometimes to vocalize how anxious you are can mm-hmm. be quite scary but then i think 
therapy for me has been talking to other mothers that go through the same thing because then it's like oh that's it's all it's all right <laughs> it's definitely just, you know what I mean it's like she's a lovely mother and doing okay it's just mm-hmm. maybe something that that we're dealt with do you know what I mean so yeah yeah so was your um anxiety was it diagnosed when you were when you were pregnant yeah but then it got mm-hmm. worse it got a lot it got a lot worse after my daughter Mm-hmm. it got so I went back and they were like and it just seemed to elevate after I think hormone levels whatever it Definitely. is it just seemed to really go to that other level mm-hmm. but I would say for me it got worse probably when my daughter was a lot old, like 10 months so not mm-hmm. actually in the first newborn phase from 10 months onwards for me that's when it got worse yeah which you don't expect either I wouldn't have expected that you think it's going to mm-hmm. happen when you've got a newborn and it starts then but I think it can sort of can be like a little seed can it It can you can have that seed when you're pregnant or have a newborn and it can just grow and and get out definitely definitely and did you were you and before you were pregnant were you um had you ever suffered anxiety before or um I would say I was a worrier but I wouldn't Uh say it ever would define a decision I'd make or impact any do you know what I mean it wouldn't impact Uh my life whereas I think when I've been at my worst and even sometimes now it can impact a decision I make or a place or somewhere I go or do you know what I mean I think it's just I think it's hard sometimes to think oh am I just a worrier or I do have that but I think some people are just worriers and that's just normal and then you've got the anxiety and that's it I think when it stems from something that's normal into something that's that's not normal and how I always sort of used to think of it was um when I worked um like I'd often have to give like presentations to people and things like that and I used to think well it's normal to get anxious about going into a room full of like 50 middle-aged men or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah you know um and, and to present and I'd sort of think okay yeah that's normal that's okay to feel like that but then what wouldn't be normal would be to you know not eat about you know not eat not sleep um you know have like excessive sweating have heart palpitations um you know all of those extra things that sort of take mm. something from a normal what en- anyone would worry about you know as anxiety and you know when people talk about nerves like sometimes nerves are really good you know they help you um yeah. you know they push you but then whenever it starts to become debilitating and like you say as a mother when you're trying to look after your your baby or when you're trying to sort of like go about your daily business when it's sort of impacting on your day-to-day life that's when it's not normal isn't it yeah and I think because I've worked with a lot of autistic children I sort of liken it to a spectrum so mm-hmm. you can be at the beginning of the spectrum or you can be at the end of the spectrum and you know we could have a toe on the spectrum or we could be fully on it and it's just and you know different hours of the day I could be you know I could only have a foot on it but then by mm-hmm. the end of it I could be lying down on it and completely feeling overwhelmed so it's just that's a really really good way to sort of to look at it because that is exactly it we all have it don't we we all mm-hmm. have um anxiety and we all have like worry and stress and in some ways as humans we need that we need that to survive because it protects us yeah, um yeah. you know it's a bit like um you know we have that fight or flight mode that we need to help us but whenever it goes into overdrive mm-hmm. that's whenever it starts to sort of like impact on our mental well-being and our in our physical well-being as well yeah Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. did you have any physical symptoms with your um postnatal anxiety um I didn't eat for a long time like never eat a proper meal or Mm -hmm. just didn't feel hungry because I think I was always running on that that nervousness Mm -hmm. all the time 
Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better now, but I think that was for me was one of probably the first thing I should have recognised really when it was quite bad was that I just couldn't sit down. I, I think because I didn't put, because when you're anxious, I was so anxious about this little baby or my daughter, you know, my daughter that mm-hmm. I didn't need to eat. Was she okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was that and, for me. And that's almost that vicious circle, isn't it? Because you, you need energy and fuel and food to help you. Yeah. feel better and then if you're not getting it then you're not going to feel better and obviously baby's taking a lot from you yeah S- sleep yeah food I breastfed as well and she even till when she weaned at one she was feeding like every 45 minutes throughout the night mm-hmm. but you still want to get I still wanted to give that to her but some nights I just felt like she was I had nothing nothing left to give yeah and it's funny you say that because with me um I was prescribed um sertraline and um I said to the doctor like I don't want to take it because the only thing that I feel like I'm doing right is breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and I worried that that would have an impact but obviously then doing research and speaking to other people um and there's a brilliant lady um she runs a a Facebook group called um breastfeeding and medication Mm -hmm. um and I, I reached out to her and she said it's perfectly safe it's perfectly you know it's better yeah. for the baby that you're yeah yeah mm-hmm. see when I I had a bit of a um I went to the doctors because I have this anxiety about having another baby because I'm just really content with my daughter and things like this mm-hmm. so I went to the doctor and they put me on this was quite early on they put me on a pill that wasn't suitable for breastfeeding mm-hmm. and I only found out through my own research so then that created a lot of anxiety for me because yeah, then I, I was worried that anything else I take now mm-hmm. will, will will either impact my mind or yeah. impact my milk. So I, yeah. I, looking back, I think I probably should have seen. I would have loved that Facebook group. Um, but you're just so nervous, especially when when I breastfed. I'm, you're just so nervous because you don't want that to be taken. You almost feel like it's a tap and it'll just turn off. Yeah. But in reality, it's not like that. So, but again, that's anxiety and new motherhood and not quite understanding it and things. That's it. And it's almost like realising that we're not in our rational minds. So yeah. things mm-hmm. that, you know, we can talk about now and be like, well, obviously our milk's not going to be affected, obviously. Yeah. But at the time you sort of, you worry, don't you, that you're not going to have milk and that baby's not going to, you know, they're going to go hungry or, yeah. you know, they're not going to have enough wet nappies or, yeah. you know, and that you're... Yeah, pandemic, I remember, because my mum is a big supporter of breastfeeding, but I remember her stocking up on formula just in case. <laughs> and yeah. So then you think... Oh well, what if I can't and there's no formula, but I don't even use formula. But do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. There were so many extra things I think as well that, as well for women now, that mm-hmm. ten years ago, three years ago, there wouldn't have been anxieties about, which I think, in a good way, has brought a light to postnatal anxiety because more women mm-hmm. are maybe recognising it through what we've gone through this last year. Yeah. Do you? Th- I mean, I know it's a hard question to answer because you don't know because your experience, your lived experience, is having a baby in covid yeah yeah. but do you think um that it it possibly made you more anxious having the sort of the covid worries as well or do you think you know obviously because you were I assume you were pregnant pre-covid yeah mm-hmm. um do you think it was almost I don't mean to say inevitable but do you feel like that was yeah I think I think it's part of me I think it is definitely part of me and how because I think it almost because I'm just so I give every mother does I give absolutely everything to my daughter I feel like I've almost surrendered all my worry to my daughter and that's yeah. how it's do you know what I mean that's yeah how, I think it would have been like that mm-hmm. either way really 
Do you, I'm um, just asking this question, before you were pregnant, um, like in, in your job and in your home life, would you have considered yourself like a bit of a perfectionist? Oh, definitely. Mm. And I think that is a lot to do with my anxiety because, you know, she has to, you know, she's a, she's a beautiful little girl, but oh, her hair's out of place. What if people mm -hmm. think she's not well looked after? What mm -hmm. if, you know, she's got a wardrobe full of clothes ironed that she probably wears two or three T-shirts, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Playing in the garden and everywhere, like. I think that is a massive, a massive mm -hmm. part of it, yeah. Yeah, and that it's really interesting because I, I didn't realise that that was a lot of my issues. Mm -hmm. Um, was that everything had to be just, and if it wasn't, then it meant I don't know what it meant. Yeah. Before it probably would have meant, oh, what do people think of me? But then whenever I had Hugo, my little boy, it was, if it's not this way, then something might happen to him, or yeah. you know, if he doesn't feed at exactly this time, then it means that he's gonna lose weight on the chart and then the health officer is going to think yeah, that I'm yeah. starving him um and I do definitely especially with women that I speak to in and around um postnatal anxiety it always stems from something that they've always had about being perfect yeah a trait that it's got to be just so for me to relax in my mind yeah yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah. and then I also feel I don't know about about you but did you feel almost like whenever she was born that you couldn't look after yourself in the way that you might have done before? So, like, I don't know, you obviously look beautiful now. You look impeccable, you know, lovely hair, makeup and everything. When baby comes along, obviously, we're not a priority anymore, Oh, no, are we? I honestly, like, I haven't worn makeup in so long because I think, how do these work? Like, I don't have to, like, because I just wouldn't, I'd give my time to her. But then mm -hmm. sometimes you think oh well I can put a bit of makeup on I can do this but yeah I walked around looking like an absolute homeless person <laughs> for the first year of my daughter's life I had this big puffer jacket coat and I would just wear you know um, gym leggings trainers my puffer jacket and that was my little yeah. I'd just go do my hair in a bun because yeah. why on earth would I do that for myself because she needs to be mm -hmm. when in fact she would have been absolutely fine in the bouncer if I just done my hair or you know but definitely yeah Definitely. Well, I, I I imagine you still looks amazing. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it, but it's how you felt in your in yourself. Um, and pandas actually shared something on their um, social media today, um, and it was a story about a lady who, you know, she said when she wore mascara for the first time after having the baby, she felt like herself. And that for me, I remember exactly because it was my birthday, so it was around about eight weeks after Hugo was born I remember I put some lipstick on oh. and I cried oh I like I cried because yeah. I was like I kind of look like myself a little bit <laughs> and you remember but... who you are yeah uh -huh. yeah yeah well I because me and my daughter was born on my birthday <laughs> so Aww. we share the same birthday so I don't think I felt that until our birthday because I think my <laughs> partner gave me a bit of time and I went upstairs and did my hair and then we went out for the day and I sort of felt like right yeah we're here now like I can I can enjoy this and I think yeah I think it took me that year just to sort of feel like I could see a glimpse of who who you were before mm. but then I think it's important that we're not the we're not the same women we were and we don't we don't you know I think I don't want to be that woman I was before my baby because she's changed me I do you know this playgroup I do so many different things now which mm -hmm. which I think I was supposed to do and I think the change you for the better so Definitely. if that person doesn't wear makeup and has a hair in a bun, who cares? <laughs> exactly. 
exactly and there's a saying that says that, you know just as the baby bo baby was born so too was the mother yeah like she she never existed before the woman did but the mother is someone new yeah. and I totally totally resonate with everything you just said I, I I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be talking to you I wouldn't have my business I wouldn't have anything yeah. if it wasn't for the experiences that I've gone through um and yeah, Hugo completely, I oh, say, so flipped my world in a positive way. It was, yeah. it was you know, a, a really hard, hard way. And it was mm -hmm. like walking through treacle. Yeah. But, and I think that's the thing. It's important that if anyone's listening at the minute who is in the sort of the thick of it, that this too shall pass. Yeah. Um, I mean, was there anything that you found that really helped you to get through those the sort of darker days? I think because um, I've, I've got a twin sister who's got two children Aww. and I've got and my best friend's got a little boy who's slightly older and they always said to me I promise you you will miss these days I hand on heart you will miss these days so I think I, I always listened to that and I thought even on my words you know when the house was just an absolute tip and you were mm -hmm. I was worried about everything outside even inside you know but I just remember cuddling her and thinking no I will miss cuddling this baby. And that always helped me that I always, no matter how anxious I felt, in mm -hmm. that moment, I could cuddle her or feed her and she and it was me and her yeah. and I'd miss, do you know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. what almost helped me ground myself and, mm -hmm. and enjoy that, you know, the day or the moment or yeah. something like that. That's lovely. Um, One thing that I know that people always say to new mums is, enjoy every minute, it goes really fast. Yeah, And I... I have to say, I remember wanting to, you know, deck some people yeah. <laughs> that said that to me because I was like, at 3 a.m. Oh, God, it yeah. Feels like the day's never going to end or, you yeah. know, or begin, whatever, whatever yeah. the, mm -hmm. you feel at 3 a.m. Um, but you're right. It's it's to not feel guilty about the cuddles on the sofa or feeding to sleep, say, yeah. or. Yeah, feed to sleep whenever you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how people don't like it's, <laughs> it's like they say put baby down when they're drowsy oh. but not asleep how oh, how I know I mean I, I can't put my daughter I just constantly attached to me now yeah. like yeah like Same when they're 18 we will long for them <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I say to, to mums because I run a, a parent and baby support group as well and last week I was saying like when they're 18 and they're off to uni or they're starting work they're not going to still be breastfeeding oh. they're not still going to be in your bed exactly like you know I know, well. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, but I think as well there's a, a social you know standard for mothers you mm. know to have their first night the first weekend away but it doesn't there's no set you know oh if you're not gone by the, a year old go whenever mm -hmm. you want to go it's your baby you choose but I think there's I think we've got women especially and dads I think have this you know norm of what they should be doing when their baby's this age that age whatever mm -hmm. and I think we need to remember that it's nobody else's children <laughs> do exactly. what you're comfortable with and yeah. what you want to do 100% agree and you know baby better than anyone else yeah mm -hmm. definitely um so in your um in your um play and support group um what what's the sort of structure of it how does it how does it run what do you do you do with parents so we have um, a stay and play for the children. So me being early years, we've got all the EYFS, all the <laughs> and things like that. Um, but then we have, um, I'm a breastfeeding mother support. So we have, I'm in the process of trying to set up um, a support group for those mm -hmm. mothers. Um, because sometimes I think a, su a support group as well, it isn't actually facts that they want to know. They just want someone to go, 
oh, baby looks amazing you're doing really yeah. well do you know what I mean or someone who's also breastfed to be like oh, god it's really hard isn't it but but I yeah. loved it at the same time like just yeah. you know familiarity and someone to relate to I think mm-hmm. and then we um we work with um Philippa who I set it up with who I work with um, she's got strong links with um, our local government and health visiting service. So we're going to have um, health visitors come out, baby Brilliant. scales, um, just things that women have missed out on, really. And mm-hmm. I know hopefully soon these services will be back up and running. But there's nothing to say that we can't be that community hub as well. Definitely. And I think there's it's something when it's run by mothers for other mothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's the sort of the the friendship and the authenticity that it, it's just it's it's something that I think the other the mums that come along I do think they feel like nurtured you know yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite special yeah and I think as well as a for me as a new mother I struggled to support like had obviously my baby friends I think I struggled to support new mothers with newborn babies because I didn't know myself but Mm -hmm. now my daughter's that bit older I I feel I know more of what that mother was of that newborn baby needs more because I'm I've gone through it and now I'm you know I'm stepped back a little bit so I think it's not necessarily saying oh I know everything but it's just knowing yeah I've been through that it is hard or it's brilliant or isn't it great do you know what I mean it's just Mm -hmm. it's just now being in that position which I think I definitely wasn't with a newborn baby to be able to offer help to and I needed help from someone with an 18 month old did you know definitely yeah you look even now I look at parents with a three on so experienced (laughs) 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 they want to know so much more but then when I get there I'll be like oh my god (laughs) that's it it's the lived experience and I think like you were saying um with the the breastfeeding peer support Mm -hmm. it's sometimes just saying oh my god like especially when they're cluster feeding say and just be able to say oh my god they're cluster feeding my nipples hurt or oh I just wish my husband could take over but they're not they're not saying I want to to feed Mm -hmm. they're just saying look I just need to vent to someone who's been through it yeah um yeah and I think that is something just so valuable in that yeah. and share an experience of like because I remember being out once and like my boobs have been fully out in the shopping centre and and that's embarrassing but no one else would really understand other than a mother that's been so even just making light of something you're a bit embarrassed about or struggled with or or something like that I think is is really beneficial definitely and because we've all been there I mean I always tell a story about um I went to to see my friend um when Hugo was by five weeks whenever my husband had gone back to work and I turned up at a doorstep I was wearing maternity leggings with the tag hanging out the back I had on um, um, a top I had forgotten to put in breast pads my boobs had leaked I was I was literally crying and she was like come in sit on the sofa here's a cup of tea and she just looked at she just gave me a hug and she didn't she didn't say anything she just was just like it'll get better and then I remember she said to me you won't believe it now, but you will feel like yourself again. Yeah. Um, and now we laugh about that day because, you know, I literally must have turned up looking like a, some yeah. sort of... But I think it's a right passage. <laughs> those days, those days are, they make you, they make you pull through and they make you, you know, it, it isn't easy. You have to, you do, you work for it, but mothers are tough. Mothers can do yeah, it. Definitely. 
and especially now for mothers that have lived through through lockdown and they haven't had friends that they can go and land on their doorstep yeah. with their baby and get a cuddle and a cup of tea oh, and God, it, yeah. it's it's in, even now having the, the support groups is even more valuable I think yeah I think women have really realized like how much they need the support of other women and I think it's it's our superpower it's our superpower yeah because think you can go I remember going to baby groups and feeling like absolute oh, just horrendous like mm-hmm. a bad night felt like I looked disgusting I didn't I even had time to brush my teeth nothing going and just yeah. seeing another mother like you know and it just yeah. takes the weight off your shoulders and as you said that's all you need sometimes you don't Definitely. need someone to tell you that you're doing it wrong or right or whatever you just need that support network of other mothers going mm-hmm. through it yeah and I always say to um like my mum's like in, in baby massage that I can empathize and sympathize with you I've been through it having sleepless nights and sore nipples and all the rest of it but it's only someone who's in it at the same time as you that you you just know and I just you you just know don't you yeah it's like it's just like an understanding isn't it and I think that I think that's why a lot of women do form bonds when they meet each other with newborn babies because it's just like you're like in this gang way you've all got bags under your eyes and you all don't know and you know and it's just I remember having a whatsapp group when I was feeding Tilly that's my daughter um like literally like are you awake yeah I'm awake (laughs) you won't sleep well you're asleep and it was just to know that I wasn't alone in a dark room with Paul my partner snoring next to me I was Mm -hmm. there was other women awake at the same time as me do you know what I mean so it did feel less isolating so I think yeah so important definitely Mm -hmm. and that's it and and then sure like your group much like mine I'm sure some weeks there might be a mum that comes along and just sort of sits there and sometimes you think oh is she okay but then the next week she'll come back and be like oh it was brilliant just being around other people just having a cup of tea and just not being on my own yeah that's it I think because I was so so anxious typically before it all set up I, was like, I hope everyone feels really welcome and I hope everyone's okay and then some people I thought oh were they okay I didn't get a chance to speak to them we're coming yeah. we're, uh, we've come back and I'm like oh, I'm so pleased that yeah. yeah they probably did just chat to that one man that they got on with and they felt that you know that support network and just and just to sit and have a coffee sometimes is nice isn't it when you've definitely. got a baby yeah so 100%. yeah definitely and having a reason to get out of the house yeah and creating a routine for yourself Mm. as well because knowing that you've got because sometimes especially through lockdown it must have been really hard for women Mm. just to be sat at home all day with not not even oh can I push baby around a shopping center or you know especially those like December days when it was so Mm. awful and snowy Mm. and it's just like I really feel for them because I don't know I think that must have been really hard Definitely. I know. And and I, everything that I was told when I um, had Hugo was get out of the house, go to groups, um, you know, take a, make a routine for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I remember the doctor said to me, he was like, when baby's little, like up until sort of three months, the baby group isn't for them. No, it's not. It's for you. (laughs) And he was like, go to whatever it is and just you know even if they're asleep he said just get out of the house go there and that's the one thing that um because I ran um an online support group um through lockdown on on zoom and that was the thing just knowing that the mothers just to have something to do yeah just think oh on a Wednesday morning oh I'm going to chat to someone or 
yeah. just a, a purpose. It, it's, it is almost like this big coup because they're called baby classes, but they really, it's just undercover classes for us to go and chat and feel normal and, and supported. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, I love baby massage, and my daughter loved baby massage. But and like, we signed up for another term, but then lockdown happened. I would have gone until she was blue in the face. <laughs> she was because she just used to sleep through it. So we used to go, and she would sleep through it, and I would just sit in this lovely room with lots of lights and just yeah. chat and relax and sit. And and like all of these things, it's not necessarily about like what you do, but it's about how people make you feel and. Yeah. And I imagine when people come to your support group, you make them feel so held and nurtured and oh, supported. I hope they do. I hope. Oh, definitely. I really hope they do. That's that's definitely the aim to be like because we only we only we're only three pound fifty. But I always think if there's a mother there struggling for change, I tell whoever's there with me, tell them not to worry. They can come yeah. in. Tell them yeah. always welcome. Like, do you know what I mean? I do yeah. really hope that's definitely the aim, and that's anxiety. I'm worrying that they don't feel like that. I know. <laughs> I know I, I'm the same I'm definitely the same so in your group do you share your story with your mums and dads um, well not not with everybody so I'll chat to everybody and mm-hmm. you know we always chat and I always, I always I'm the type of person I will share you know what, what I've been through and you know things like that so I would share. I think really with anxiety sometimes you get anxiety about sharing that you've got anxiety <laughs> it's this massive circle isn't it so it is but, it's definitely um, a catch-22 isn't it yeah yeah because as well, you're thinking, oh, God, what is she, has she got anxiety? Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, she doesn't look like she's got anxiety. She's fake, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does it look like? You yeah. Know? And That's as well the... with um, all this mask situation, I got massive anxiety wearing a mask. Yeah. Because my daughter would just pull it off, scream, and then I would feel like I was trapped and couldn't breathe. And, and have I remember having a panic attack in Aldi, and the man mm-hmm. was like, just take your mask off. And I was like, oh, then you're worrying that, why has that girl got a mask on? <laughs> why? You know, it is just ridiculous, really. I know, I know. And that's the thing. It's all of these challenges on top of normal motherhood. Yeah. All of these things that we have to deal with. Anyway, we've now got the, the, the COVID restrictions, the hand washing, the mask wearing on top of it. Um, and so, like you said, in some ways, I'm sure more people are suffering, but hopefully more people are aware that, yeah. you know, there is help out there and, um, you know, they can talk to other people, whether it be at peer support, be it like pandas, mm-hmm. um, charity, postnatal um, anxiety charity or their health visitor or their GP. Um, yeah. So this the the theme of um, this year's maternal mental health um, awareness is journey to recovery um what would what do you think has been your sort of journey to recovery um as a you know now looking back on it you know like I said to me like I I said to me I said one of the first things I remember was putting on lipstick and thinking like oh I feel like me even though it was probably another six months before I did feel like yeah yeah um but just were there any sort of steps on your journey that made you feel like okay, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it was being told by, I think I was, I, I got in touch with this lady who does t- techniques of how to sort, you know, like intrusive thoughts, how to, mm-hmm. um, how to just banish, sort of banish them. So she told me, if I get an intrusive thought, pretend in your head that you've written it on a piece of paper and screw it up and throw it away. So I might do that like a hundred times a day, but mm-hmm. I don't dwell on that now. I just, in my head, I'm right. 
I'm throwing it away and then I move on. So I'm mm-hmm. not there sat thinking, oh my goodness, will this actually happen? Well, do you know what I mean? Dwelling on it. So I think for me, my journey of recovery is knowing how to cope with those thoughts mm-hmm. to get rid of them myself. Yeah. And I think it's empowering for me that I can do that. By, I, I'm doing that. I'm in control mm-hmm. almost of dealing with those. So I think, I think it's just having the techniques for me to know how to deal with them. Yeah, I think like it's a bit earlier on, like you were saying that you can't control them. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. But it's it's also I think if you ignore them, then it can make it worse. So it's almost like yeah. acknowledging that they're there going, OK, yeah, thank, mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. And like you mm-hmm. said, getting out your head and then chucking it in the bin and being like, right, OK, I've yeah, got, yeah. almost processed it and, and got it out of you. Yeah, because I can't control them coming into my head if I could, no. I, you know. I would absolutely love that, but I can control what I do with it afterwards. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think that knowledge for me was quite eye-opening that, yeah, I can I can control what happens next yeah. and how it impacts my day and things, yeah. That's really positive. And that's a, a really lovely tip um, that you shared. I'm sure that will resonate with some people and something that they can take on themselves, um, even if it's a worry or an, you know, or an intrusive thought, anything yes. sort of to, to get it out. Um, yeah. So... Um, is there anything that you wish you knew um, as a new mum, looking back? Is there anything that you wish that someone had told you or um, that you'd either read about or that someone had just said to you, hey, Lily, here's a heads up? Probably that every mother finds it difficult because I think I thought everybody else had it down and everyone mm. else, everyone else, you know, was looking like the glamorous mom and you know had it all together and the bag was packed perfectly mm-hmm. and because like with me breastfeeding I literally just used to go out with a spare change of clothes and a muslin cloth and that was me gone but then I'm like, <laughs> god do I need a big bag what do you, like what, what what do I need like I think it was just knowing that I was doing what was best for my daughter and that mother is doing what's best for their son or daughter because it's completely different mm-hmm. but all mothers but we've only got our own children who we're mothering in, you know, what's best for that individual child. So definitely. I think yeah, that's because that, I remember my mum saying I was talking about this other mother and she goes, yes, Lily, but you're not that other child's mother. And that mother is <laughs> Lily's mother. And I was like, because oh, yeah. <laughs> like, in, you know, in my career, I've always gone all children are individuals. There's loads of different teaching techni- techniques. Nothing, mm-hmm. You know, this is not a one size fits all. And I just needed to be told that, you know, I needed to be told that when I was a mother myself, because it is so easy to compare. Definitely. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes when you know best, or you know, whenever you've been the teacher, sometimes you need to be taught, don't you? You need someone needs to say to you, like, you're doing a good job. We're all different. And I remember my mum saying to me about, you know, she was like, some mornings you wake up and you're hungry. Other mornings you might not be hungry. Some days you're tired, some days you're not. She was like, babies are no different. Like, yeah. Babies are humans. They're just little versions. <laughs> this is it. And as well with a toddler, like you don't, I don't know how to help mother a toddler. And it's like, it's fine not to know because I've never done it before. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what do you want other um, mothers to know now so what would you like someone coming to your support group um what would you like them them to sort of know on their journey to into motherhood um probably on their hardest day you know like you when there's milk leaking or you've forgotten the bottle or you just feel like you just don't know what you're doing you're so tired whatever that you're doing amazing you know you'll look back and think 
God, I, I did do amazing on no sleep. I, you know, yeah. loved that baby. And at the end of the day, that's all that baby needs is for you to love them. So I think it's just for those mothers on that day to remember that. Yeah, that's lovely. That's really, really powerful. And that is totally it. That all baby needs is you to love them. And however that looks for you in your home, yeah. like you said, breastfed, bottle fed, Any whatever. Fed, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So what's next for, for you? So for me, I am um, in the process of setting up my own business. I'm hoping it looks something like a postnatal well-being, all singing. It's so many ideas in my head. I'm not quite sure yet. So um, called the Nurture Tree. So I'm hoping it can be sort of a classes, you know, postnatal well-being, yoga, mm -hmm. just somewhere that mothers can go and have that little bit of time for themselves maybe each week or them and baby and just to have a positive experience and enjoy that that phase of life that's new motherhood that sounds amazing and all of the mothers are in your area so very fortunate to to have you, you sharing your journey your your passion your enthusiasm your knowledge and your the authenticity just shines through like you know you can tell that any mother would feel so held um at your group and uh yeah you're doing an amazing job and thank you so much for coming on and no thank you sharing your story and hopefully in some way it'll let people know that you know there is light at the end of the tunnel um, yeah. and there is that that journey to recovery yeah, so yeah. thank you so much oh thank you so much thank you <laughs> If you feel that you may be suffering with any or all of the symptoms discussed in today's podcast, please reach out to your GP, your health visitor, Pandas Charity at pandas.co.uk or feel free to send me a message and I will do my best to signpost you to someone who can help. Please do not suffer in silence. You are not alone. for listening to little love hearts the podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you would like to find out more about hypnobirthing baby massage or baby yoga you can find me on instagram at little love hearts on facebook little love hearts and online at my website www.littlelovehearts.co.uk mm -hmm.